Musos, you can go. You've done a great job helping us worship God today. As we bring it home in the series Whisper, I wonder how many of you have been reading the book or listening to the book Whisper. Put it in the chat if you have. Give me a wave this morning if you've been reading or listening. What about if you've been going to connect group or small group and discussing how to hear God? Again, in the chat, put it in. Fantastic. Melbourne, that's awesome. Well, there are, we've, we've discovered this, that there are seven ways. There's more than seven, but in the book Whisper, Mark Batterson, the author of Circle Maker, outlines seven ways that God can speak to you and I. Here they are up behind me. There is Scripture, the key of keys. That's the, the number one way God will speak to us. And it's the, it's the truth that we need to filter every other way through. So Scripture. Then we have the desires of our heart. Then we have doors that might be opened or might be closed. Then we have uh, people that God will speak to us with uh, through. Uh, and we have dreams and how God can speak to us through dreams at night, but through pictures and visions through the day. And then we bring it to the last two today of how God can speak to us through promptings and pain. I know. Okay. I'm going to be as kind and nice as I can today. This is going to be helpful for us. And the four things that we've said every week that I want us to be really clear about, if you've never really heard God speak to you or maybe never recognized that God was speaking to you, here's four things you need to know about God's whisper or His voice of speaking. The first one is the purpose of God speaking to us is relationship. He wants relationship with you. You were created to be in a constant relationship, a loving relationship that changes everything. The second thing is that the tone of God's whisper, the way God speaks to us, it's always loving. It's always loving. Now, it might be tough love. And we'll hear a little bit about that today. It may be tough love, but underneath it, the tone is always that He loves us. The third thing is if you, if you want to God to speak to you continuously or consistently, you can't pick and choose what you'd like Him to say. You can't cherry pick the good and ignore the correction. So you've got to take the whole relationship. And number four, turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking to you right now. Come on in the chat right now. Put you, just give us a wave if, if He's talking to you. Number four, if you want to hear God speak to you, then you have to lean in. You have to lean in, which means tuning out some of the distractions, some of the, the voices from your past, some of the lies you believe will block you from hearing God. So let's talk a little bit about how God can speak to us. I'm going to just start with how God can use pain to speak to us, how He can use pain. We've got to understand this, that pain uh, and grief and suffering is a result of living in a world, that, a world that's fallen, it's turned our back on God, and therefore so much of what happens in our world that's, that's not good is a direct result of sin entering the world and a curse entering the world, and God's intention is to reverse that one person at a time through Jesus. Okay, that's His intention. But there is suffering. So the first thing you've got to know that the author of pain is the devil. His signature is suffering and sickness and pain. So that, that's, he's the main one who's going to cause pain into our lives. But also, you've got to understand when you're a Christian, Jesus gives you authority over the devil, to overcome the devil, to, take, to help heaven come to earth and push back the territory that he has. Okay, that's the first source of pain. Then pain is often a consequence of our own actions. 
I know, I know. No one in here particularly, but you know how it goes. For example, if you were to work seven days a week, not have a break, just slave away, work, 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 then after a while, the consequence, you'd get tired, you'd probably get sick, you'd get cranky, and you'd have emotional, physical, and relational pain as a direct result of actions that we've made. That's why God says have a day off and set a day aside. If you constantly spend more money than you earn, then you're going to have financial pain. You can't blame the devil for that. You can't blame God for that. That's just a consequence of poor actions. Come on, stop elbowing the husband right now. Come on, somebody. Uh, Now, if you gossip, and criticize everybody and then wonder why you've got no friendships and end up in the pain of loneliness, then that's a consequence of actions and pain. And so often we're living in the consequence of our actions, seed that we've sown. Uh, Galatians says it like this, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. So whatever I'm sowing and have sown, I will reap the consequence in my life. And so often the pain we're in, the, the, the place to look is the mirror and go, ouch, I need to make some change. Go, someone's like, oh, that's really bad preaching. Move on quickly. All right. Here's the other thing. Pain and more, often pain is not necessarily the consequence of our own actions. It's the consequence of somebody else's actions. It's the consequences of somebody else's sin. Uh, You've heard the expression, hurt people hurt people. And many of us have been hurt, well, all of us have been hurt to varying levels by people who have been hurt themselves or are acting uh, in a a lustful way, a greedy way, a proud way, a, a destructive way. And we've been hurt and pain comes from others. So what does God do with our pain? Well, that's a whole other message, but let me just quickly surmise what God does with those kind of pain. He comforts us. Bible tells us God is a present help in time of need. He's present, He's real, and He can comfort us as we go through pain and, and be there close to us. He also will heal us from past pain. God doesn't want you to stay in your grief. He doesn't want you to stay in your pain. He wants to heal. This is one of the descriptions of what Jesus came to do, was to heal the brokenhearted. So God doesn't want us to shy away from our pain. He wants to lean into Him so that He can heal our pain and and not suppress it, but bring healing into our lives. He wants to turn our pain around for good. He has a way. This is this amazing thing. The Bible says that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And I promise you today, if you lean into God with the grief and pain of your life, if you let Him uh, be close and pour His love into your heart and heal, heal your heart where it's been broken, that God will have a way of redeeming pain and causing it to work for, together for good. In fact, there's a great line in the Whisper book. It says this, if you want to know where God will use you, you can look no further than your pain. So often God uses us to comfort others with the comfort that we've received. The the way that He's helped us in our own life is a way that He'll help other people through us in our lives. So that's that's just a quick snapshot of, of pain. But I want to share today a little bit of how God can initiate pain towards us to speak to us. I read this in my Bible this morning in Lamentations. I know, I'm in Lamentations. I'm loving it. 
And it says this, Lamentations chapter 3 is a book of the Bible that's written because God's people rebelled against him for decades, worshipped idols, and he sent them into captivity for 70 years so that their hearts would be turned around to him. And this is what it says in Lamentations 3. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he, this is God, though God brings grief, he will show compassion So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. I want you to understand today that there are times that God will use pain to speak to us, to get our attention, but it's his last resort. It's not his first resort. He's not the cruel, harsh God that some people paint him out to be. It's his last resort. God has a, has a way of doing this. You know, here's the thing. Pain is the one language that you can't ignore. Your Bible can sit on the shelf collecting dust. People can say things to you, you can ignore them. You can ignore dreams, you can ignore desires, you can ignore the promptings of the Spirit of God in your heart, you can ignore people around your life, you can ignore doors opening or closing, but pain has a way of getting our attention like nothing else. C.S. Lewis said it like this, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. Attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but He shouts in our pain. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. It's His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I would suggest if you ever get the sense God's picking up His megaphone to you, adjust quickly before He picks up His megaphone. You see, when Jonah rebelled against God, God sent a storm to get him to turn around. When the children of Israel under Ahab rebelled against God and worshipped idols, God sent a drought to get their attention. God has a way of doing whatever it takes to get our attention. I want to ask yourself, uh, I want you to think about this thought. If you are, as a parent, for those of you who are parents, if one of your children was hurtling along the road at 100 kilometers an hour in a, in a car, headed along the highway, about to go over a massive canyon that had a, a massive bridge to, uh, uh, across the canyon, and it, it, below it was, a, it was a two mile plummet to rocks. And if that bridge happened to be out, but your, your child was heading towards it at 100 kilometers an hour, I would suggest that you do whatever it took to get their attention to stop them plummeting over that bridge into that canyon. You, you would wave signs. You would get people that they respected to try and wave them down. You'd shout at them. You'd do everything you could. And if it came to it to save their lives, you'd crash a car into the side of their car to stop them, even though it might mean pain, but it's short-term pain to save their life and to rescue them. And that is how God will work with you and I. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, endure hardship as discipline. God's treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. Verse 10 says, they discipline, this is our earthly father, disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Remember God's aim for us is to become more and more like Christ, to become more and more holy. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So my question to you today, this is, this is like every other voice where God speaks to us. We have to be careful. Is, is the pain coming from the devil? Is the pain coming from me? Is the pain something from God in His last resort? But I would suggest that what we need to do, if we're going through a period of sustained pain, it's a worthwhile question just to stop and say, God, am I missing something? Am I missing something? It's worth to, to, turn to, to turn to some friends and some Christian leaders and pastors and just go, this has been going on for quite a period of time in my life. I just want to know, am I missing something and I need God to speak to me, to, to adjust something, to, to shift my heart, to tune in? Now, maybe the answer will be, no, you're not missing something. You just need to fight through and resist the devil and contend for breakthrough. Maybe the answer will be, well, uh, uh, no, this is just life and God's going to be with you and your roots are going to go deeper down into God through this season and, and it's not God speaking to you. But maybe just every now and then the question might be God's trying to get your attention to change a habit, a behavior, a direction, a way you're living, a way you're treating people, a way, you're, a way that you're doing life and He's trying to get your attention to turn you towards Him. That wasn't so bad, was it? That's how God can speak through pain. All right, just to know. And I want you, don't ignore it because it'll keep going and keep going and get worse. And every now and then as a, as a pastor and as a parent, I'll just say, God, just can you do whatever it takes to get us on the right track, to get that person on the right track? Can you do whatever it takes in a loving way? And as his last resort, God will do that kindly but he has a way of getting our attention. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to get your attention. Just obey him, okay? <laughs> Come on, in the chat, Melbourne, right now, he's going to get, he's, he's, he's getting your attention. Just obey him. Just obey him because he loves you. All right, let's, let's move on to the final one of whispers. Number seven is prompting. Prompting. When you become a Christian, and today, if you're watching online, you're here in this room and you've never actually surrendered to God to begin a relationship with Him. You can do that and connect with a loving God that will change everything in your life. And when you become a Christian, what happens is rather than God speaking to you externally, to you, at you, to get your attention because He loves you. What happens is we get born again, we get a brand new spirit and the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us and now the Spirit of God communes with us. He talks to us. He whispers to us. Uh, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That means your inner man has spiritual ears. Uh, it says it like this in Romans 8.16, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So here's how we connect with God on a daily basis, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Holy Ghost prompting, whispering, talking to us. And I want to share a few ways that, 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 that the voice of God will speak to you and I through promptings. Now, again, I'm just going to tell us that along the way, uh, I know some people I'm pretty sure who hear from God in promptings way less than they thought they did. 
God told me to put on the pink socks and God told me to, he told me to wear the blue cap and God told, no, you're just, that's just some thoughts that came to you. Okay, we don't blame God for every prompting, okay? So, so we've got to work out, often there's these, these voices that come to us that some is the devil, temptation. Some is just our desires, our flesh. Just because I come down after a power nap on a Sunday and I want cheesels, that's not a prompting of God. That's just, that's just something that's just, that's my flesh. I love those little packs of cheesels. They're so awesome. <laughs> Come on, surely they're low, some, low in something. I'm telling you, someone, someone just in the chat, if you're a cheesel lover, help me out. That, that's not the Holy Spirit prompting me. That's my flesh. I don't believe it's the devil. I hope it's not. This is my flesh, all right. So, so you work out, and this is, the, this is the journey of your Christian life. Our memory verse for the month is this, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You learn to hear the voice of God. Now, now I have this awesome thing with, with um, Jackson, my oldest son, that we sound the same on the phone. So we have pranked people ringing up and it's kind of fun. And some people, even our new music directors, sworn at me on the phone thinking it was my son. But, but I think I've chosen to forget about that. Just, it, it was in the sea of forgetfulness, Nick, but it just came back to me. I'm sorry. Siskus, <laughs> we sound similar. So sometimes God can sound a little similar to your inner voice. And so learning to hear, this is God. Now, the filter is Scripture, of course. We put it through Scripture. But it's a lifetime journey of learning to hear the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a few things that, that, you'll, that you'll know uh, that will come to you as God. So, so some of the things is the Holy Spirit, because He speaks to us, uh, we find in Acts, uh, Philip's an evangelist, and he's walking along the road, and this, an angel puts him in a particular location, says, you should go here. And uh, an Ethiopian prince or, or eunuch goes past, and, and the, this is what it says, Acts 8.29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Was it an audible voice? I don't believe so. I believe it was the Holy Spirit resident in him, speaking to him in a phrase. And I believe God speaks to us in phrases. God speaks to us in sentences. He, he wants to talk to you and we can learn. Danielle will tell you that when she was about 15, she heard me speak at a school function and she heard this inner voice saying, you're going to marry that man. Now that could be confused with her flesh and lust, I understand. <laughs> I just, I understand. <laughs> but in this particular occasion, <laughs> see, I've got the microphone today. <laughs> and last time she shared about this, but, but it was the pure voice of the Spirit of God speaking to my wife. Come on, somebody. I find that the, the voice of God speaks to me as I wait on Him every day. I love to pray in, pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is building up your spirit, which means your connection to hear God is much stronger. I love to give my burdens to God so that when as I cast my burdens over to God, I'm clearing my mind so that I'm able to just be still and wait. And then the, the Lord speaks to me. And so often it's just, I love you. I'm proud of you. I want the best for you. You're on track. Sometimes it's correction. But God whispers little thoughts to our hearts. There's, there's moments uh, that, that He'll say things that are quite memorable and you know it's God because it's way smarter than you would have thought of. I had one a little while ago. I was praying in our fast and the Lord said to me, you don't need to repent of your personality. 
And I've talked about this here, and it was just like, that is a great thought. Your personality and my personality is a gift from God. I don't need to dial it down or dial it up to try and be someone else. It's like, that was God. It came as a, as a phrase and an encouragement to me. Uh, other times I've been in meetings, and God's challenged me to give a ridiculous amount of money. And, the, and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the devil. But it's not the devil. It's God. And then God, and then he'll whisper. And one particular year after we'd given a large amount of money and the next year at a conference, he said, go again and I'll break the, ce- the ceiling over your life. It was a phrase and I was in an atmosphere. I knew that was God. And as we went again and gave, uh, my business tripled in profit the next year. All sorts of things began to happen. Why? Because it was God. We were praying for this church and an upgrade of the building here a couple of years ago. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I want you to renovate for revival. That was an expression that I didn't, that's not my language at that point, but it got into my heart, renovate for revival. That's, it was kind of that phrase that got into our dream for the decade, that I see our church in a season of revival. That wasn't me going, wouldn't it be cool to have revival? That came out of a whisper from God to my heart. The inner voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. So there's phrases. Sometimes it's just a word. A lot of the times I hear God speak to me through a, a picture, but that's under dreams and visions. I just see a, a glimpse of something. But I, won't, that's, I preached that a few weeks ago at Sunday night. Sometimes God speaks to you through a burden. It's not a, it's not a sentence. It's a burden. Uh, I've been recently on Instagram putting up my top 10 books as a Christian that have influenced me. And this week I put up the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, about a guy called David Wilkerson. And then I was reading the, the, the Whisper book, and he talks about the same guy. In 1958, Life magazine did a feature article about the tr- a murder trial of a teenage gang in New York who had killed a young man called Michael Farmer, a 15-year-old boy who was disabled with polio. And these seven boys' photo was, was in the feature article, and David Wilkerson saw the photo, and he just wept and wept and wept. One particular boy who had the hardest face uh, in, the, in the photo just was uh, burned into his memory and he felt through this as he cried. He didn't know why he cried. Lots of people saw the same article. Lots of people would have been distressed by it, but he got a burden out of it and ended up moving to New York and, and facing these gangs who wanted to kill him and preaching the love and, the, and the, the cross of Jesus Christ. And out of that, seeing radical salvations and starting a, a movement called Teen Challenge to rehabilitate drug addicts and, and people who are brought up in tough environments and, and out of a burden a burden, something that deeply moved him was the Holy Spirit on the inside spoke with a burden. I wonder what's the burden of God that comes upon you where you feel uh, an impulse, a strong impulse for God. Danielle and I, uh, for a number of years, would sit in meetings where people would get prayed for to be healed and everyone around us uh, seemed to be kind of, oh yeah, well, that'll whatever. But we would feel this burden to pray and to intercede and it was the beginning of a burden for us to, to break through in healing here in our church and in our own lives. It's a burden. Sometimes the Spirit of God's prompting is an urgency. You just feel an urgency to do something from God. It comes out of prayer. Paul says in Acts 20 verse 22, And now I'm compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. He's like, and everyone's going, but you're going to be thrown in prison. You're going to be tortured. And he's like, no, but I've just got this urgency. I'm compelled to do this, and I'm not going to ignore it. It's the Spirit of God. 
Sometimes the prompting is a remembrance. You're praying and seeking God. This, here's the key. A lot of, probably the majority of God's going to speak to you will be around prayer and connecting and talking to God. The majority, not always, but the majority. And sometimes you're praying and you just think of a person. And you're, you're like, oh, I wasn't thinking of them. And they came to my mind while I was praying. Often that's the quickening of God. Start to pray for them. Maybe it's to give them a phone call. Maybe it's just to pray. Maybe it's to send them an encouraging text. But that's the way the prompting of the Spirit of God moves in us. So just someone comes to your mind. Sometimes you're just drawn towards someone or something. You're, you're like, it's not like that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you should go and do that. It's just you hear something talked about and you're drawn to it. When I was a, a uh, 20-year-old, I was, I was drawn, maybe a 19-year-old, I heard people talking about a missions uh, outreach in Cairns for my church. And, and I didn't hear the Holy Spirit say, you should go and it'll change your life. I just felt drawn to it. And because I felt drawn to it, this is what was really cool. On a prayer meeting on a Monday night, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. I don't have enough money, but I'm drawn to it. I'm going I'm to give it a shot. A guy from church walks over to me and he'd been prompted by the Holy Spirit. He said, hey, if you want to go to that trip, I'd like, to, I'd like to pay for you because God just told me about it. So he gets a prompting that matches my prompting. His, his prompting is an impression, which I'll talk about in a moment. You should pay for that. You should do that. But mine was being drawn towards something. Some of you are being drawn to do Bible college next year. Some of you are being drawn to do an internship. Some of you are being drawn to go to a connect group. Some of you are being drawn to serve on a team. Some of you are being drawn to have your neighbors uh, over for a meal. You're drawn. What is that? That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit towards something or someone. Sometimes it's an impression. You just, again, it's not a voice, it's not a word, it's not a picture, it's just an impression. You're like, I just find that this is the way that God works. So often if I'm in church and I'm, I'm like, I feel like, Lord, you want me to prophesy over someone, I just find that God will impress. He'll draw me towards a person. I'll feel the love of God for that person. They'll stand out to me. They'll stick out to me. One of the things that Danielle and I have been doing for a number of years is we have a couple of hundred dollars each month that we just set aside for random giving. And so we just kind of take it in turns and, and wait for the impression of God. Who is it to give to this month? Who is it to give to that month? We're looking for what's the impression? It's that person. It's this much. It's doing it that way. And that's, the, that's how the Holy Spirit leads us and talks to us. So if we're going to hear God speaking to us on a continuous basis... Because I believe he wants to. Remembering majority is just going to be encouraging and kind towards you. Well, here's, here's some things we've got to make sure we do. And here's probably one of the biggest one. It's turn down the background noise. Come on, I don't know if it's just me because I'm getting older, but how many of us have been to a party and the noise is so loud, you're like, you're just, you're trying to lip read, but you're just not picking up what the other person's saying. Help me out. Some of you are like, that's after church every week with the noise blasting. Come on. And you've been there and you're, you're in a conversation and the noise is going and, and you're just sort of, I don't, I don't know. I some, I'll, look, honestly, sometimes I just start nodding. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Not here at church. Not with any of you guys. Never. But sometimes it's just like, uh, yeah, okay. And, and then, have you ever walked away from one of those moments going, I hope I didn't commit to something? 
I hope I didn't. I hope I, I think there's a Seinfeld episode where he wore a puffy shirt because he misunderstood the girl. Anyway, that's, I'm showing my age. Well, here's the thing. That's because of background noise. And when God's whispering to you and me, we've got to learn how to turn down the background noise. The background noise can be negative voices from our past. So we have to learn to rebuke the devil and his intimidation and his lies and speak what God says. Sometimes the background noise is a strong personal desire that we have. I would find that this, when you're making a big decision, this is why I talk about four markers of making a big decision. The four markers are one, to get a scripture or to hear God speak to you, but preferably a word from God. Two, to get into agreement with someone, your spouse or your parents. Three, to get a, a spiritual leader's uh, perspective on that so it's outside of yourself. And four, to have a peace on the inside. Because so often if I'm really emotionally drawn to something and God's trying to put the handbrake on, I can miss read my enthusiasm for a prompting from the Holy Spirit. I've seen this in relationships, but yeah, she's so hot and holy. I mean, holy, she's so holy. And I, I really, I just want to go out with her. It's going to be awesome. And, and I really feel God's telling me to go out with her because I've got such a strong feeling about it. I'm sure it's the Holy Spirit. I'm like, ah, that's called lust, bro. Come on, get some outside voices there. So, so th that's the background noise. We, sometimes uh, we've just got to put it into neutral and say, God, if I'm making a big decision, I don't mind which way it goes. I just want you to speak to me. I'm surrendering to you. That can be really difficult. That's why it's important to have other Christians to be accountable to when we're making big decisions. What else can turn down the background noise? Well, fasting is one of the great ways to get your antenna up to hear God speak to you. Come on, Melbourneites, we, we, there's just seasons where we, we fast together as a church, but you don't need to wait for the church to have a fast for you to fast. If you want to hear God speak to you on a continuous basis, well, fasting just dials down the distractions, dials down that background noise, and suddenly I press through to God, I can hear Him. Getting into uh, mountaintop experiences is one of the ways where you're going to hear God. I think, I think for many of the clearest moments I've felt the prompting of the Spirit of God has been by getting into a mountaintop experience. Melbourne as a location is a result of me being in a conference and a preacher preaching an anointed message from God. And as I'm sitting there, there's coming to me a, a burden and I'm starting to weep and I don't know why. And so it's two things are happening, a, a, a burden and then a, a little a small voice going, you're going to Melbourne now. And it's like this thing's coming from God. But I know I had to get outside of my normal environment. I had to get into a, a atmospheres where, where God was speaking and clearly, you know, there was like everything was dialed down and then I could hear God. This is why we're committed as a church to have things like Nights of Fire, conferences, Leaders Big Day Out we're having next year. It's, it's for people who lead in every sphere of your life. We just are committed to creating moments. We can encounter God and we can hear the whisper above the noise of our lives. Can we close our eyes right now? Melbourne, would you close your eyes? If you're online, close your eyes right now. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here, that you're with each one of us.
And we make a choice right now just to turn down the background noise, turn off the phones, turn off the media, tune into you. And I ask that you'd whisper to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Tell us about your love. Tell us we're on the right track. Tell us where you're proud of us. Let the love of God bubble up in our hearts. Things are going to be okay. I hear God saying to some people, you're concerned about a situation. He just wants you to know it's going to be okay. Lord, right through this room, right for every person today, we love you. Help us to tune in in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to hand you, Melbourne, back over to Toby. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you on Wednesday night.